We're going to come back in just about 20 minutes actually this morning and sing again. Uh, and I, Because I only want to say a, a few things to you and then I want to invite you to add water into your life by looking at this last verse that we're going to look at this morning. Uh, but before we do that, I've got a question. Has anybody here ever had a bad day? You know when you're having a bad day, have you ever thought to yourself, it can't get any worse? And it does. Anyone had that experience? Um, so I had a day this week, actually. It was quite stressful. I'll be going away for, for, to South Africa tomorrow. And there's loads of things happening in the church. And uh, you're going to get some information in the post this week. And it represents a lot of work that a lot of us have done over the last few weeks to get it ready and to launch what we believe God is saying to us for the next six to eight weeks. Literally, this next six to eight weeks is a game-changing season for us as a church, okay? You're going to get that in the post. But there's been a lot of work that's led up to that point that we've had to do before I go off to South Africa tomorrow. And we were trying to get it all ready and stuff. And then obviously with Rachel stepping off staff and then Chris is away for the next two weeks on holiday, which is fine. He's allowed to do that. Uh, <laughs> just uh, but with all this stuff going on it was like we had to get this to on the one day and then on Friday the ops team went out for a meal to say goodbye to Rachel which is fine and then we had a power car and then all, all the do you know what when you have one of those days you think nothing else is going to go wrong and it does anyone know what I'm talking about but you know that's just office stuff that's you know that's fine but some of us have had days that are much worse than that and we've had really bad days and when we thought it couldn't get any worse it really did get worse a woman came home to find her husband in the kitchen, shaking frantically with what looked like a wire running from his waist towards the electric kettle. Intending to jolt him away from the deadly current, she whacked him with a plank of wood, breaking his arm in two pieces. Until that moment, her husband had been happily listening to his music on his iPod. So that's a pretty bad day, isn't it? But you know... A guy called Joey Mora had a really bad day. In 1996, Joey Mora was an American Marine Corporal and he was standing on the deck of an aircraft carrier that were patrolling in the Iranian Sea. And he fell overboard. And nobody knew that he'd fallen overboard. For 36 hours, nobody knew that he'd gone. Then when they realised he'd gone, they sent out a search and rescue mission. But 24 hours later, they still had not found Joey Mora. And so after 60 hours of being out in the Iranian Sea without a life jacket, they said nobody is going to make it. He must have died. So they notified his parents that he was missing, presumed dead. 72 hours after Joey Mora fell overboard, four Pakistani fishermen rescued him from the water. And they tell the story that as they pulled him in and, and, and they kind of revived him and he began to talk, what had happened is that he'd fallen out overseas and literally he'd been treading water for 72 hours using a flotation device he'd made out of his own trousers. And what is the story he tells us is that as, as that was happening, he says, and as those 72 hours were going over and he fell asleep still treading water, it's an unbelievable story. He said, it was God that kept me treading water. It was God that kept me alive. But he said this, do you know the most excruciating thing for me in that 72 hours was one word that kept hitting my head all the time. And the one word that just wouldn't leave my head for 72 hours was the word water. He said, I was just desperate for water. And you know, dehydration does something to you, doesn't it, medically? It kind of creates an insatiable thirst within your body where you're crying out for water. And all you want to do is to have a drink and get some of that water into your being. And here's my thought for you this morning. It's very simple. 
Anytime you see life flourishing, it is receiving nourishment from beyond itself. Anytime you see life flourishing, it is receiving nourishment from beyond itself. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at some of these verses in the Bible that we think these are life-giving verses. This is like adding water into your life. And we're going to look at one more this morning. And to kind of set the background up for this one verse, we're going to go to a little bit of history. And we're going to look a little bit at the Jewish faith with you for a moment, okay? Now, the Jewish faith, the Jews love feasts. I'm thinking about becoming Jewish because I also love feasts as well. I'm not, all right, because the circum... No, anyway, we won't go there. So they love feasts and they, they have lots of feasts and they have three particular great feasts, the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and then the third feast, the one we're going to look at, which has been called lots of things, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of the Ingathering, the Feast of Booths. In Hebrew, it's called Sukkot. The Feast of Sukkot. And this is all about remembering a time in Israel's history, which is a very important time. This is the season when the, the children of Israel came out of Egypt. They were in slavery for 400 years. They came out into freedom, but then they were in the wilderness for 38 years. And in that period, they traveled as a nomadic people. They never kind of built cities and homes and stuff. They traveled in makeshift homes and tents and shelters. And all the way through that period, God kept them. And, so, and, and they celebrate with this feast things like the fact that God provided for them. He provided manna or bread in the morning and quail in the evening. And one time in the desert, they had no water and there was a rock. And God said to Moses, who was their leader, why don't you strike the rock with a staff? And when he struck the rock with a staff, water came out the rock and they drank the water. And so the Feast of Sukkot was all about remembering that they lived as nomadic people and God provided for them. So when it came round to the Feast of Sukkot time, then if you were in a 15-mile radius of Jerusalem, you'd head towards the city. And if you could get in the temple, you would. But if not, you'd be in one of the other kind of homes and buildings. And what people would do is they would build makeshift booths or little tabernacles, as they're called, on the roofs of their buildings. And you can imagine them sitting in these little makeshift kind of booths and they're eating and they're chatting and they're talking and they're praying and they're thinking about God. And the wind is rustling and blowing through their hair and it's all very insecure. It's a powerful visual reminder that we, are, don't, we don't get security by what we construct around our life. We get security by whom we put our trust in. And it's a powerful image as they're sitting in these little makeshift booths, these sukkah is, is what they're called in Hebrew. They're sat in these sukkah and, and then they're kind of, all the wind is blowing through them and they're thinking, do you know what? This is reminding us that we don't get our security by what we construct in our life. We get our, secu- our security by who we put our trust in and that's God. God provided for us and we had nothing. He sent manna in the morning. He sent quail in the evening. He, he could create water out of a rock. That's who we put our hope and our trust in. And this is the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the Feast of Ingathering. It's a powerful, powerful feast. And it took place at the end of the dry season in Israel. So there was no rain in Israel. The land was parched and dry. All the green had gone. And right at the end of the feast, right at the end of the dry season, okay, um, on the last day, there would be a loud trumpet sound and then people would come and they'd get willow leaves and palm leaves and they'd march around the great altar seven times that's symbolic of when they marked, the people of Israel marched around Jericho seven times before the walls fell down. 
And then right at the kind of climax, that you can imagine the music playing and uh, the noise and the life and the colour and all that. And as they did that, as they were waving these branches, they'd be shouting out verses like Isaiah 12 verse 3, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And then the priest would come and he would get this massive jug of water. And he would take this massive jug of water and he'd begin, uh, as they were marching out, he'd begin to pour the water. Now I want you to pause it there for a moment. I want you to try and imagine the scene, okay? All this is happening and one specific, specific day, one specific feast, Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the temple. And the Bible says in John chapter 7 that at that moment, Jesus declared something incredible. And what I want us to do is it's going to come up on the screen. I want us to do something this morning, okay? This is really heavy. I want us to say it out loud together because this is what Jesus says. And I want you to do it as I'm going to do what the priest would have done on that day. Is that okay? So let's, do, let's read it together. On the last... That moment, that dramatic moment, Jesus stood up and said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. That's the verse that I want to leave you with at the end of our series, Just Add Water. If you are ever thirsty, come to him and drink. You know, after he'd done that and said that, the the reaction was mixed. You can read it in John 7. Some loved it, some hated it. Lots of people debated it. But I don't want to focus on that. I want just you to, to have a look at what he actually said and what he really meant for us today. You see, I want to suggest to you this morning that everybody thirsts. You know the old REM song, Everybody Hurts? Well, everybody thirsts. Everybody thirsts. We have something deep inside of us that we thirst. You know, Jesus says that when you come to him and drink, then out of your innermost being, and, and the word there is, in Greek is koila, where we get the word colitis from. It's from your gut. Out of your gut, that's where the river's going to come. Because out of your gut, you thirst. We all thirst. We thirst for love. We thirst for security. We thirst for affirmation. We thirst for acceptance. We thirst for belonging. We thirst for purpose. Everybody thirsts. And secondly, everybody drinks. Everybody drinks. We drink things into our life to try and satisfy the thirst that we've got. Jesus recognized that in the temple there were many people who loved God and they were great people, but they were drinking from the river of ritual rather than the river of relationship. And many people who are thirsty, we actually think, well, I don't know where to get this water that satisfies me. So we just find it from somewhere and everybody thirsts, but everybody drinks. And there's a guy in the Bible called Solomon who was incredibly wise and he wrote a book called Ecclesiastes. And in the book, he describes all the different things that he'd done in his life to satisfy the thirst in his life. And he said, listen, pleasure, I've done that. Wealth, I've done that. Women, sex, I've done that. Wine, food, I've done that. Basically, you name it, I've done it. None of it works. Because none of it will satisfy the thirst that is on the inside of me because God created the thirst and only God can satisfy it. Jesus says, if any of you are thirsty, and you all are, then you need to drink, and you all drink. But here's the thing, the third thing. Not everybody drinks from the right river. Not everybody drinks from the right river. And Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. 
And what Jesus is really saying is this. It's not just that I have the water, but he's actually saying, do you know what? I am the water. Jesus is saying, not just that I have the water, but I am the water. And if you're thirsty, then you need to come to me and you need to drink. Because you see, any time you see life flourishing, it is always receiving nourishment from outside of itself. You know, there's a, there's a, a psalm, Psalm 42. Some of you will know this psalm because there's an old song that we used to sing about it like 300 years ago. And uh, uh, this, is, this is the psalm in Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water. Everyone remember the song? Yes, you do. So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where, when can I go and meet with God? And the picture here is of a deer. And the deer is being pursued by an animal or by hunters. And it's running and running and running over mountains and through rivers and all, all kinds of forests. And it can't stop because, because it's being pursued. And as it's going, its chest is panting because it's just desperate for water. And it's like a picture of how we can get in our own lives. And I remember um, many years ago when I was young, younger, that's better, when I was younger and uh, hearing an old Pentecostal preacher talking about this verse and he got up a real storm and he said, As the deer pants and pants, so he will drink. We're not thirsty, brothers and sisters, because we just don't pant enough. Brothers and sisters, we need, we need bigger pants. Um, <laughs> To which I wanted to say, you speak for yourself, brother, you know, um, thanks. But, but this whole idea of, like, we're thirsty, but how thirsty are we for God? How thirsty are we for God? And some of you this morning, you, you, probably, you, know, you may not be Christians, and you're thinking, I'm not even sure there is a God. That's okay. That's okay. But there's a thirst inside of you. Whether you admit it or not, there's a thirst inside, there's a thirst inside of every single one of us. And we try and satisfy the thirst with something. But Jesus says, you'll never satisfy it with anything else other than with me. Because not everybody drinks from the right river. Jesus says, but when you come and when you have that, that kind of panting and that, that desire to, to, to want to be satisfied by me, then you will be satisfied. And he says, rivers of living water will flow within them. By this he meant the Spirit. This flow of the river, this flow of the living water within. And again, if you're not a Christian this morning, you say, it sounds all a bit weird and spooky. It's really not weird and spooky. There's just something that happens on the inside of us. Uh, and the best way we can describe it is it's like when we're connected to God and when we're drinking of Him, there's a flow. Anyone know what I'm talking about? There's a flow. Something's happening on the inside of us. You see, we thirst and we drink from the wrong rivers, but also what many of us who are Christians do, and I've spent years doing this, is we try to produce the water by our own effort. One of my favourite writers, John Ortberg, calls this the gap management theory. And it's kind of like a cycle. He talks about a cycle that what happens is that we try harder, and then when we try harder, then what happens is that we get weary or fatigued, and so then we quit. And then after we've quit, we feel guilty. So then we start trying harder again. Anyone know what I'm talking about? So we try harder, we get weary, and, and then we quit, then we feel guilty, then we try harder again. And it's a cycle and a circle that goes round and round and round. And it ain't going to work. Because we cannot produce the flow of the river of the Spirit of God. Only He can do that. And self-improvement is no more God's plan than self-salvation. God's plan is not just for us to be saved by grace, but for us to live by grace. But when I come to Jesus and I drink of him and from him, a flow begins to take place in my life. And I want you to know that that can happen for every single person here in this room. Because you see, anytime you see life flourishing, it is receiving nourishment from beyond itself. And I can only describe it in ways that are relevant to me and my experience, and you can identify with this or not. But when I know that that flow of the water of God's Spirit is at work within me, some things are going to be evident. One thing is this, I thirst for Him more than anything else. Anyone know what I mean? 
Oh, that's one in. Secondly, sin looks bad and God looks good. Now, there are other times when that flow is not there and sin looks a little good and I'm not so sure about God. But when that flow is there, sin looks bad and God looks good. When that flow is there, I'm more grateful and content and satisfied. The fruit of the Spirit is more evidenced in my life. There's a better chance of some patience and some gentleness and some kindness. I'm more loving and I'm more joyful. I'm more likely to reach out to others when that flow is within me. It's a little bit like you take a a glass of water and you fill it up to the top, right to the top. And then if you move, wherever you move, it's going to spill over. That's what happens when the flow is there, isn't it? That's what happens when you're drinking of Jesus. That's what happens when the living water is welling up within you. And and it's kind of like you can't help but want to share it with other people. My question to you this morning is, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Is that flow of the river of God at work in your life? Or do you need to come to him this morning and say, Lord, you invited us. You said, if anyone is thirsty, we can come to you and drink. Well, I'm thirsty. I need to come to you and I need to drink. The problem is that often I'm not in that flow. The problem is often I'm trying to manufacture it and try harder or I'm drinking from the wrong river. So how do we experience this flow? How do we add water if we are thirsty? Just two simple ideas. Firstly, you've got to admit you are thirsty. you just got to like stop hiding, pretending, faking. Do you know what I mean? Just admit that you're thirsty. You know, we often think, I think, that, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, I don't want to admit that, you know, because it's like a sign of weakness or, or I've messed up. And it's like, God's like, well, I know that you are, why are you hiding from me? I know it anyway. Just admit it. And then secondly, stoop and drink. What do I mean, stoop and drink? I, I read this story this week about uh, an overseas visitor that came over to the West many years ago and he, he saw a water fountain and he was intrigued because he'd never seen a water fountain like this before and he wanted to drink, he was thirsty and he went, in, uh, he went over and there was no lever and there was no button, there was nothing he could do to make the water come out and he got a little bit angry and frustrated uh, because he was really thirsty and as he began to move away, someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, look, there's a sign down there. The sign says stoop and that means bend down, they said, and drink. So as he stooped, there was a sensor in the water fountain and it picked him out and then the water came. I thought, what a lovely little phrase, stoop and drink. Because sometimes the reason that we're not filled is that we're not willing to stoop and to admit that we need God and to be filled. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament about a general of an Assyrian army called Naaman. And he had a health issue. He was covered with leprosy. And he came to the prophet of God called Elisha and he said, what can I do? And Elisha said, well, listen, you can go and you can bathe in this river and God will heal you. And he said, we've got better rivers in my own town. I don't want to do that. And pride got in the way and he went away. And he went away with his health issue. But then he came back and eventually he stooped and he bathed in and God met him. And I wonder if sometimes pride stops us from stooping in order to drink. So it's very, very simple for you this morning. We're going to, uh, in a minute, I'm going to invite the band back up and we're going to worship God. We're going to create some space and some time and I'm going to invite you to do two things. Firstly, to admit that you're thirsty and then to stoop and drink. Jesus says, not me, Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Maybe you're thirsty a little bit this morning, like the deer, that you've been like running and being, feel like you've been pursued in a desert and you're panting, you're a little thirsty like the deer. Maybe you're thirsty like Joey Mora. Remember the Marine Corporal. You've been treading water just trying to survive for so long. You are gasping for some water. Maybe you're thirsty like the woman at the well who met Jesus in John 4. She was desperate for water and she thought she'd, she'd get that satisfaction for her thirst through relationships. Jesus says, that's the wrong well. That's the wrong well. 
Maybe you're thirsty like those people in the temple on the day that Jesus was there who are drinking from the river of ritual rather than the river of relationship. Or maybe you're thirsty like Isaac in the Old Testament who had some wells that his father Abraham had dug. And uh, Dan reminded me after the first service that what often happened in the Old Testament was that if you wanted to kind of, you know, kind of get one over on your enemy, you'd go and you'd fill his wells in because the water was everything in a desert land. And Isaac got up one day and realized that the Philistines, the enemy, had filled in his wells and he couldn't get any fresh water. And maybe life or circumstances has filled in your wells and you can't get any fresh water. So maybe you're thirsty. Whatever the reason is, Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. You see, anytime you see life flourishing, it will be receiving nourishment from beyond itself. And I don't know about you, but I want that river, don't you? I want that flow at work in my life. So I'm going to invite the band back. And I'm going to ask us to stand for a moment. And we're going to do something that we don't do very often. We're going to create some time and space here this morning. We're going to worship, we're going to sing, and see what God wants to do. And Andy, if you could start to play. And I want to just read to you some invitational verses from the Bible from different translations and you may want to close your eyes or not whatever you want to do but just hear these as words not from me but these are words from God these are invitational words that if you're dry this morning if you're thirsty if life has been tough if you're having one of those bad days that just seems to be getting worse if that river of the flow is not a a life within you you've been trying hard to manufacture it but it's not working you've been drinking from the wrong rivers whatever and Jesus invites you this morning to come and to drink is, any, if, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come. Take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Because the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Jesus said everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. But anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such hunger and thirst for God, traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory, in your generous love, I'm really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Father, we thank you that you're an amazing God and that you invite us always to come. You say, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And you say, come if you're thirsty. If you're heavy laden and weary, come. If you're dry and thirsty, come. And so, Lord, we come this morning because you are the God who revives us. I've not been too well lately. And um, I think I put a lot of... A lot of my confidence in my my physical being, and um, I've had a lot of time to think <laughs> as I've been lying there. And God gave me this this image of a chair, and He said um, it's easy to 
sit on a chair when it's got four legs. And I think everyone that's walked in this morning and just sat down without even thinking, because we just do it, don't we? Chair's got four legs, you trust it. And I think everything that Leon said this morning is all linked to this idea of trust. And I think often there are situations in our life where we feel our chair doesn't have four legs and it's almost like we perhaps can't bring ourselves to sit on as we would have normally. And I think this whole idea of thirst is linked into that. And for some reason as human beings, when we thirst most, often we don't drink. And I think what God's taught me is that, do you know what? The chair that you, I'm giving you at the moment, you may not want to sit down in it, but you've got to trust me. And at the time that I've needed to sit down most, it's been the hardest. And I just want to, you know, perhaps there's people out there here, you know, here this morning that you may not have moved out of your seat because you just think it's too difficult to drink at this point in time. And I just think God wants to say, sit down. Whether you think your chair's got four legs, one leg, no legs, I've got what you need that can, that can give you what you need to get through the situation that you face. And I'm happy to pray with you if you want to. Thank you, Jonathan. I want to invite you, if that's you, you know, and that took a lot of courage. We know Jonathan's story the last couple of months took a lot of courage to do that. God's at work. And sometimes when we get dismantled with some of the stuff that we put our trust in, we're reminded of how great God is. So we're going to continue to sing and we really want to invite you. Okay, we're just going to go with this this morning. And if you, God's speaking to you and you know that, don't, don't walk away without responding to him. Don't walk away. Stoop and drink. Sit down on the chair. Stoop and drink as we continue to sing. Um, this week, um, a member of my team had the audacity to nominate me for this ALS Ice Bucket Water Challenge. Have, have, have you, well, some of you know about that. It's where it's to raise awareness of a charity. And what happens is you nominate somebody on social media. And the idea is that you have 24 to 48 hours to either nominate money to a charity or tip a bucket of ice water over your head. And I was just sitting there this morning, all the time Leon was saying, all that kept coming to him was the ice bucket water challenge, the ice bucket water, and I wish he'd have done it, but, um, but he didn't. Um, but um, it's the fact that actually, as well, apart from giving to charity, which is always a good thing, all we're actually doing is getting wet. There's nothing of the water that's being tipped over us that's actually giving us any sort of added nutrition, any growth. We're just sitting somewhere and getting wet. And I just want to encourage you this morning that God's Ice Bucket Water Challenge is for everybody, for every day. And it's not about tipping a bucket of water over our head. It's actually having something that is connected to the inside of us that actually flows out of us to actually gives growth and gives worth and gives wealth to our community. And I want to say to you this morning that if you don't turn your tap on from today until next Sunday, all you're doing really is getting wet. And it's great that you've come out to be prayed for and we respond to you. But I just feel God's heart saying, do this tomorrow, do this on Tuesday, do this on Wednesday and let what's on the inside of you flow out into the community and the workplace where you're going. Because otherwise all we're doing, guys, is getting wet. 
And what Jal said is really, really important because in those times when things start to dismantle and things start to go wrong, we find out whether we're just getting wet or whether we really are connected to the source of eternal life because God's water will last for eternity. So please don't leave this place without actually turning the tap on into your life. And that may mean, you know, you might have to open your Bible tomorrow. You might have to pray tomorrow. You might actually have to go to life group this week and actually start to reconnect that water supply. Because if your plumbing is off, it's no good. And we all need a good plumber, don't we? We all need to know a good plumber because they're very, very rare. And actually, we know the best plumber in the whole history of the universe. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't just get wet. Don't just get wet. Make sure your plumbing is sorted and let this living water flow out of us to aid a hurting world. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Great stuff. One exhortation. You know, as we finish, we're going to sing one more song, which is just really phrasing something that I wanted you to go away thinking. And the phrase in this song is, God is able. And as we connect to God, as we, as we allow God to fill us on the inside, He is able. He's not just able to, to help us with challenges. He's able to bring His life through us. He's able to bring His character through us. He's able to cause us to love when we can't love. He's able to cause us to forgive when we can't forgive. God is able. Okay? So as we go, I want you to do, it's not us, it's not our own strength, it's God. And every time this week we feel thirsty, let's connect like, like Jane said. Let's not just tip water over our head. Let's connect to the God who, crea- who, who gives the, the water because He is able. He is able.